Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. So, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or get up, take your bed, and go home? Well, I don't know, Hank, what do you think? You just stood up here a few minutes ago and told us that our sins are forgiven. And you didn't seem to have any obvious difficulty in doing so. How does it go in the new hymnal? As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, there's that word, authority, to forgive sins, you forgave us. Jesus has authority to forgive sins, and we claim that authority to forgive sins every Wednesday, every Sunday. But did you notice in this pericope that Jesus also, apparently, has authority to heal? So why don't we say something like this every Wednesday and Sunday? As a servant of Christ and by his authority, I say to you, get up, take your bed, and walk. Don't hear that too often. Nobody seems to have gotten up now and taken their bed and gone home. Maybe we don't have any beds laying around here. Maybe there's some people who can't see, though. Does that work? Open your eyes and go home? Well, that doesn't happen either. Anybody can't hear? We don't seem to have anyone here today. Sometimes there are. Why don't we on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays declare that by the authority of Christ, their ears are opened? Or anybody not not get breakfast today? Feeling a little hungry? Jesus took care of that once in a while for his people. Or you got a sick kid at home? Jesus dealt with that pretty often as well. Well, that would be shocking to do such a thing, wouldn't it? It would be scandalous for a Lutheran pastor to stand up in the chapel of Concordia Seminary and declare somebody healed. But let me ask you this. Is Jesus' authority to heal any less real than his authority to forgive sins? And if we claim the authority of Jesus to forgive, why do we not claim the authority of Jesus to heal? Why has it become scandalous to heal when in Jesus' day it was scandalous to forgive? Now, some today, of course, do take the declaration of the forgiveness of sins to be a scandal. We don't want to offend anyone by declaring their sins forgiven, so so let's soften it into an indicative, and even better, a passive, your sins are forgiven, by whom, when, how, we're not going to talk about that, we'll conveniently ignore that. Some people take forgiveness to be a scandal, but for most of us, I think, We have no problem with the declaration of the forgiveness of sins. In fact, that's one of the reasons that we are here this morning, to receive that forgiveness as from Christ himself. But we don't want any part of the authority of Jesus to heal, apparently. We don't want to sound a little too much like Benny Hinn or Robert Tilton. Stick your hand up on the TV screen and feel the healing come through the airwaves. We don't want to sound a little too much like Pat Robertson. Send me a check, and I'll pray for you by name on TV, and certainly that's going to work. 
Even sometimes we're a little bit uncomfortable visiting a shut-in who tells us the story of when she was sick, suddenly she became better, the doctors can't explain how, and surely it must have been a miracle. And we remain silent in our pastoral wisdom, thinking to ourselves, oh, you poor, simple, deluded person with our deep, pastoral, condescending pastor's brain. Nobody can heal that way except God. Well, indeed, that is the point. Who can heal except one, God? Just like who can forgive except one, God? You see, when Jesus showed up, the kingdom of God showed up in a new way. God's reign over creation was made evident in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And so when Jesus was walking around, kingdom of God kinds of things started happening, like paralytics and the blind and the deaf being healed, like 5,000 people and then 4,000 being fed with an armful of bread and a handful of fish, like water being turned into wine, like demonic beings being chained up and cast away, like sins being forgiven. Everything that is not part of this kingdom, sin, suffering, and death is done away with because Jesus Christ came. Not one part fixed and the other left alone. Not the spiritual restored and the physical left to suffer. What Jesus gave to the paralytic that day was nothing less than a full experience of the kingdom of God in action, whole, and complete. But what about us who don't see Jesus walking around? The kingdom of God indeed comes without our prayer, as our catechism reminds us, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. So which do you want? Forgiveness or healing? Well, if you're a good seminary student, your immediate answer is probably going to be forgiveness. Because without forgiveness, we're still in our sins, we're separated from God, you're all very good Lutherans, right? That's your first answer. But let me ask you this. Why did God forgive your sins? Is it not so that he could give you a perfect body on that last day? And on that last day, is there any more forgiveness to dish out that hasn't already been given? No, all is accomplished. But there will be plenty of healing on that day as those ashen, dusty bones have sinews and muscles put back on them and the Spirit of God breathes life into them once again. And if the Lord returns before my bones or your bones have decayed away, we will still need healing on that day. We will still need to be changed, as the Apostle says, given our spirit-given bodies. So which is more important? Which would you rather have? Well, I've got good news for you. There is no choice. You have the forgiveness of all your sins in Christ, and you have the restoration of your body, whole and complete, in Christ. So might it happen today that you, forgiven child of God, will go an entire day without sin? Well, it might. 
and praise the Spirit who works in you if it does. And if not, then turn to the Lord for forgiveness. And know that when the kingdom comes in power on that last day, your sin will be no more. Might it be today that you will be healed completely? It might happen. It might happen indeed. And if it does, then praise the Spirit who works in you. If it does not, then turn to the Lord and trust in his provision for your every need of the body and know that when the kingdom comes in power on that last day, you will be made completely new. We even confess this and rejoice in this in our liturgy. After we share the supper this day, we will hear Hank, who wouldn't answer the question before, read these words in the dismissal. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you, get this, in body and soul until life everlasting. Body and soul, both restored, preserved, this day and every day, until life everlasting. This is our gift in Christ. But I'm going to push you a little bit on this. Some of you, Lord willing, will be called to serve in the name of Christ, to speak with the authority of Christ himself. But will you offer the people of God only part of the kingdom, say only the important part? Will you fall into the which is easier trap and say, it's easy to forgive sins, at least easy for us. We don't have to prove that it works. We simply trust God's promise and ask people to trust that the same promise that the forgiveness we speak is from Christ himself. But to speak a word of healing That's a little tougher, because everyone knows if it worked or not. There is, so to speak, empirical proof as to whether or not we have that kind of authority. So better to stay away from that kind of stuff, lest our authority as servants of Christ be called into question. But when we offer God's people only part of the kingdom, we have redefined the kingdom on our own terms in ways that are comfortable to us. Jesus refused to allow the easier thing to stand alone, but we are happy and content to speak about forgiveness without lifting a finger to heal and restore the body. And if we redefine the kingdom in ways that are comfortable to us, is it any longer the kingdom of God? Has it not become the kingdom of Jeff or Bruce or Jeff? Just happened who I see another Jeff over there. You see, it becomes our kingdom when we decide what we offer. So, what would the kingdom of God look like if it's happening among us? Well, indeed, the forgiveness of sins is happening. This forgiveness is not our doing. It points back to the victory of the empty tomb and forward to that day when there will be no need for forgiveness any longer. 
And in this kingdom, too, the body is cared for. Maybe in miraculous ways. Maybe you have the gift of healing. It's one of the gifts that God gives his church for the building up of the body, as Paul describes it, along with many other gifts. Maybe that gift comes through you. It, as far as I know, doesn't come through me, although I haven't put my hand up to a TV screen lately to try. If you want to hang around after the service, maybe we'll give it a shot. But maybe we've been given the authority to heal in ways that are not so dramatic. Maybe it's as simple sometimes as simply giving a cup of cold water because you are of Christ. Yes, the book of Acts records many great deeds done by the apostles, but the New Testament also records many ways that this happens in the kingdom in ways that are less flashy and obvious. Things like taking up a collection among the churches to give to the poor and suffering in Jerusalem. Things like our abundance supplying the lack of others. Things like an encouragement to get a job so that we can give to those who are in need. You see, whenever God, through us, cares for his people, this is the kingdom of God at work. You see, it didn't stop in the first century. Take a visit over to Holy Cross Lutheran Church off of Jefferson Avenue in St. Louis here. This is one of Walther's five congregations in his Gesamtgemeinde. It's the site of Concordia Seminary before it moved here to Clayton. Concordia Seminary was there for 70 years. It's the site of Concordia Publishing House. But it's also the site, at least it used to be, of what used to be called Lutheran Hospital. Now, why, in addition to a church and a seminary and a publishing house, all good Lutheran things, did our forefathers in the faith start a Lutheran hospital? And not only here in St. Louis, but also in Chicago and in Cleveland, you will find Lutheran hospitals, probably other cities also. Why did they do this? Well, because they cared for the body and the soul of the people of their communities. Maybe they understood better than us that the kingdom of God is not merely what is spoken through us, but the love and concern and indeed healing that happens through us in the name of Christ. In fact, it seems entirely appropriate today that the one uh, remaining building from the old Concordia Seminary campus today houses the orphan grain train which gathers together resources, food and clothing and, and physical needs to send to, to people all over the world who are in suffering and in need of the very physical things of this life. Is there a better use for a building that used to house the school of the prophets? You see, you have been healed, body and soul. It's happening today and it will happen completely on the last day. And you have been given authority to speak this word of forgiveness and of healing, body and soul. And so that last verse of our text echoes even today. Upon seeing the crowds glorified the God who gave such authority to people a plural, 
to people. God gave this authority to you and to me. Authority to forgive and to heal for the good of his creation. And since it is all in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let him to him be the glory. Amen.